0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Unplugged Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Osei, and today we are joined by entrepreneur, uh, Forbes 30 Under 30, former NFL defensive back, and the list goes on and on, Mr. Chase Minifield. How are you today, sir? I'm
1: doing well. How about yourself?
0: Doing good. Doing good, man. Really, really excited to have you here because I want to say two weeks ago, I was reading up on you and decided to reach out and and now we're here. So, um, you know, the power of of social media, super connecting, um, the power of technology bringing us together. Uh, Where are you right
1: now? I'm in LA, I live in downtown LA for most of the year. I'm kind of back and forth between here and Kentucky.
0: Nice. How's the weather?
1: It's good, it's good. It allows me to work out. I think I, I, uh, last year I decided that I was gonna stop dealing with the East Coast winters. Or whatever you want to call it uh central kentucky winters mm-hmm. uh, so i moved out here last october um and i'm back and forth a lot but essentially i get a, a better tech ecosystem out here um it allows for me to keep my workout routine going uh, i'm a very routine based person and i'm not as motivated as i used to be to run in the cold or to to, to hit the pavement outside in the winter right. so uh the downtown l.a space allows for me to stay keep that commitment through the year it's good for personal i think I think personal health and mental health isn't, isn't stated enough for just being good and on a day-to-day basis as you're the best version of yourself.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You touched on a lot of points there that I, I wanted to latch onto. Um, uh, and one of them was, um, you know, the being able to move to LA when it gets cold. Um, as an entrepreneur, you know, you, you have the choice to, to live where you want, as your business could be wherever, Um, why LA? Why not Seattle? Why not San Francisco? Why not New York? Um, Why LA?
1: Well, the weather one, first of all, foremost was weather. Uh, I'm a huge Lakers fan. So we're getting ready to celebrate a championship. And (laughs) And other than that, though, like I'm doing tech and my latest venture is tech and the Kentucky ecosystem for tech, I think I had exhausted it. So I wanted to put myself in a in a space where, you know, I could grow, put myself around people that are, that are probably more tech is usually their first language type of situation. Uh, I just needed to find a space where I could uh, really, um, you know, cultivate myself in this industry, and not just think I could figure it out by myself. Uh, really, really find out, network, get to get to different places, get in front of different people, and and really maneuver these waters um, of the of trying to you know build a tech a tech company that can be acquired or IPO.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So athlete turned entrepreneur, um, you know, being from Kentucky and uh, shout out the Lakers. um, I I think they might close it out. Uh, Are you a big Anthony Davis fan? Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm definitely a UK basketball fan in general, AD. I mean, we're showing out right now. We got Tyler here. We got two teams. They're saying that you got to have two UK players on your team to make it to the championship this year. You got Rondo and AD on the Lakers and 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 bam on the, uh, on the uh, heat. So, yeah.
0: I was, you know, I was rooting for my Canadian boy, Jamal Murray. Boy, did he, uh, he he turned up this, uh, I think he established himself as, you know, a guy in the NBA. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He kind of has
0: a shining moment.
1: I like yeah. Jamal very much. Uh, actually, uh, you know, I played in the CFL for like a, like a hot second. And uh, a couple guys on my team played basketball with him. So basketball was actually, you know, coming, coming up quick in the, uh, I think Andrew Wiggins and then Murray yeah. and then, it seems like it's a it's a little transition of these guys are are balling up there.
0: Absolutely, No, you know Canada number number two in the in the world when it comes to uh, uh, players uh, in the NBA. So uh, yes. there's something in our water or our maple syrup. I don't know, but it's <laughs> working. It's definitely working. Now, yeah. you know, you grew up playing football, baseball, uh, basketball in Lexington, Kentucky, which is basketball country. Yeah. How did you arrive at football to become? Um,
1: so my dad is actually uh, one of the better football players that's played in the NFL. He's 1980s all decade team. Uh, he played for the Cleveland Browns. Um, you know, he has gone through the whole thing as far as like ring of honor for the Cleveland. His jersey retired all the way up. Um, he hasn't, He ha- he's got nominated for hall of fame a couple of times, just hasn't really knocked that door down. Uh, hopefully eventually he does, but essentially football was all I seen growing up. Uh, even in a basketball city and basketball state, uh football was in my household, and it's kind of like the family business. Um, we actually have one of my cousins right now he's one of the top high school recruits in the country so wow. uh, we 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 like to play football in my household. <laughs> <laughs> Any kids? No, no kids for me i am uh I am single, no kids just trying to build a, a generational wealth for the future. That's the goal right now.
0: And the kids will fit in when they come in. Absolutely. And hey, guys, this is for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Now, uh, you know, as a, as a football player, the, the, the level of focus that it takes, um, obviously you achieved your dream of, of being drafted into the NFL. What was that transition like for you uh, being a, a college athlete, now having to become a professional athlete? What was that transition like for you?
1: Um, it was a... It was a little bit of a tough transition just because I didn't go, I didn't get picked. I was actually an undrafted free agent. Um, I was slated to go top two rounds before I had an injury my senior year right before the bowl game. So that being in a space Let where- Let me do that.
0: My apologies, I misread that. Yeah, go we'll, ahead. We'll redo that. Um, okay, so blah, 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 blah. Okay. All right. So Chase, talk to us about Getting to the NFL and, you know, having that journey that isn't, you know, all the glitz and glamour of, you know, hearing your name called and, you know, you not having your name called. How did that propel you into working even harder and and trying to become more of, uh, you know, a a player that deserves to be in the NFL?
1: Well, yeah, I always thought I fit in. I thought it was always my my story. Um, I was a two time All-ACC first team corner I was one of the I was top one or two players at my position my senior year um and I was you know projected as a first second third round pick um by anybody that was doing anything with the draft that year so essentially uh you know I always thought I could fit in my play wasn't the issue it was more like can my body withstand uh, Mm. up to to the expectation I actually had a doctor tell me in the NFL that I probably only got you know three years max and that's And that's uh, what they were thinking. So you know, since when you hear those type of things, you're just constantly, um, I would say, fighting uphill, but also constantly trying to prove people wrong. Um, mm-hmm. So have a chip on your shoulder type of situation, constantly um, trying to prove people that you know, you don't you don't really you, you might have an idea, but you're not really the the end all be all of this of this of this story. Um, mm-hmm. So that's constantly what my transition from college to the NFL was was trying to prove myself and trying to you know, show that, you know, I deserve to be here, I'm probably, I can be one of the better players here, and, and constantly fighting that that situation of not having the the capital put into you, so, you know, if you're not drafted, they're paying you the little the least, so it's right. at the end of the day, you know, saying if I'm putting more money into this person and less money than you, I got to make sure that my investment is giving me a return, and you're a little bit of a, you're not as much of an investment, so it's okay for that one to fall off type situation, so. Uh, From running my own businesses now, I understand that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You just talked about product development, guys. (laughs) You talked about product development. That is beautiful in a a football term. Now, you know, you ended up playing how long in the NFL? Uh, Three years. Three years. And, you know, within those three years, were you thinking at some point, like, you know what, I'm going to prove these doctors wrong and play five years?
1: Oh, yeah, that was my goal. Yeah, that was always my goal. Um, I thought my play was proven. And actually, my last game in the NFL actually started. So it's not like I was, like, you know, going yep. out, like, not playing well. It was the fact that I was, like, I was starting when I played. It's just too many injuries was rousing up. And right. nobody ever called me again after that. Um, so, so essentially, I was – my transition out of the NFL was still, like, what am I doing outside the NFL? You know what I'm saying? I just got done starting against the Colts was <laughs> Colts, you know what I'm saying? Like that type of situation. So I was constantly fighting that mental battle.
0: Wow. So you, 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 you're now, you know, outside looking in and, you know, how are you staying busy? Obviously you're still training and working out, but now you don't have practice. Now you, you know, you don't have games to, to get ready for or anything like that. What are you filling those, uh, those rooms of, of void with?
1: I don't leave much void to be honest with you, I built my days out just like I would a a football, uh, itinerary for day to day with and things of that nature. So my days from when I hit the, when I wake up to when I go back to sleep is, is usually planned out, uh, whether that is working out, whether that is doing work on getting work done. I'm a very big, um, like if you go through my notebook, like it's just pages and pages of, of getting things done, Uh um, crossing things off. Uh, and that's just where I started at when I started my first company was like, Let's write down what we need to accomplish this week and let's cross them off day by day. Um, so, not necessarily am I working, you know, eight hours straight, but I work three hours, do something else, work another three hours, do something else, work another three hours. Ultimately end up being about 12 hours to 15 hours a day that I'm working. Um, but it doesn't have to look like an eight hour straight shift. You right. Know what I'm uh, just making sure that you're really accomplishing things that you're writing down to make sure we're still moving the needle forward.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Now was this, have you always been like this or was this part of the transition that built this into your character?
1: I've always been pretty meticulous, man. Um, I always thought that character was gonna define my success Mm -hmm. and character I defined as what's done when no one's watching. Um, So I always thought that was the thing that was gonna separate me um, because at the end of the day when everybody's watching, everybody's acting is on their best behavior, when nobody's watching then what are you doing? Uh, right. so, so from a very young age, um, probably since high school, I've been waking up at 4.30, 5.30 in the morning running. Uh, and that's how I started my days. Uh, and, and I got away from it from a little bit when I was probably the last two or three years. Uh, but I'm getting back on that, that, same, that same cycle of waking up, starting with a, a, a run, because it gives me that feeling of, you know, having a goal out there to, 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 to be training for.
0: Right, which is super important. That type of, of, of focus and um, dedication transitions into the entrepreneurship life same way. I keep telling people, you know, I never made it to the NFL or NBA, but I got a basketball scholarship out of high school. And um, at that time, it was it was the same thing. Um, waking up early, yep. getting to class from class, going to weight train to weight train to the yeah. gym to class again, to class again, to class again, to practice, <laughs> back to do homework. Yeah, It's literally the same thing. And uh, that's why I'm so excited about, you know, the work that we do with ATG and, and really helping people understand the parallel and how these two worlds really, really intersect. Now, you know, the average football player's career is three years. And um, when, in your opinion, Chase, when should they be really looking at opportunities beyond their sport?
1: Um, You know, I I interview and talk to a lot of athletes and former NFL players as well. And the one thing that we commonly have an interest in, especially the kids that didn't get to that second contract, weren't 30, 35 years old playing football. um, They were, we all talked about putting in real estate investments, finding passive incomes, uh, things of that nature that didn't make me rely on the money that the NFL was paying me. Um, That's one great thing about being an entrepreneur is the fact of like, I'm not relying on anybody. To, to make sure that I'm good uh, the next week or the next day. I'm relying on myself. Um, and, and, and anytime you put yourself in somebody else's, um, you know, what you want, if you put your des- destination in somebody else's hands, it'll always come up short. And that's what I learned in NFL is that I was, I was really just, um, you know, I thought that NFL was end all be all. I thought that's how you make money. I thought that's how you gain wealth. I thought that's how you. I thought that's how black black America makes it you know, sports, yeah. basketball, NFL, or yeah. or uh, being a rapper, or something like that, right? That's the only thing we see on TV. You'll never see the Robert Smiths of the world and things of that nature. Uh, people that are are you know, multi billion dollars, billion dollars, uh, uh, CEOs or business owners or entrepreneurs. Like, we don't, I never seen that growing up. Um, so I'm actually glad that you're doing things like what you're doing. Of, of putting it out there and seeing other things of people doing other things, because um, essentially I think it's very important to control your own destiny. And when you're when you're when you're even if the NFL they're paying a lot of people in the NFL are getting paid great money, but they live in check to check on yep. great on big checks.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, you hit that right on the head, and you spoke to a couple of things um, here um, that I want to chime in on. Um, you spoke about, you know, being an entrepreneur and, you know, this, this unplugged podcast is about entrepreneurship. Uh, i like to give people quick reminders, not uh, for our listeners, but an entrepreneur is a person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Essentially what we're talking about is ownership, right? You're saying, I want to create something that people can either buy to use or a product, a service, something that I can grow and I can control the growth of it. As an NFL player, you enter the league and the money that you make within the league is capped. Yeah. That means someone else is making more money than you, right? You you are the product. You are the product and what we, what we, Joe Budden and his podcast, I'm not sure if you've seen his podcast, what he's going through with Spotify. He's talking about, well, he's built a product and he needs to be paid for the product that he's built. And, you know, we see people like Bill, the Bill Simmons podcast going for $10 million and all these big podcasts. And, you know, Joe Budden's making hundreds of thousands of dollars.
1: Mm-hmm. Why
0: does that happen? Well, because you don't own your product, you don't own your service. So you can't dictate how much it gets paid um or how much you get paid yeah. uh which is which is which is crazy crazy important and especially as an athlete I think one of the big things that I, that I love about this podcast is exploring the ways that athletes can really make money right you talked about athletes being check to check I heard the same stories when COVID hit a lot of guys were hey uh you know guys would hit me are there any marketing deals that we could is there any companies I can invest in that are gonna flip in three months like all of a sudden you've seen all of Wait, oh now you care? All the stuff we've been talking to you about, now you care. You saw athletes launching their Twitch accounts and growing their following there. Well, you're still being transactional because now you have you still have to give your time to these things to yeah. get paid, right? So I think one of the, the, the great things, there's been very few great things with COVID, is we've seen athletes become more entrepreneurial and think more perpetuate, more perpetuity as opposed to transaction, which is super, 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 super important. So I guess to answer the question, um, when should athletes be looking at opportunities beyond their sport? It should be as soon as they get in, right? Paying attention to the resources that are available, right? Connecting with your PA, who can I talk to? So on and so forth and explore things that you're interested in because it could be gone Tomorrow,
1: And, you know, just let you bring that up, like, I mean, when you say as soon as you get in, I mean, first check, signing bonus, all those different types of things like that. Um, I mean, I didn't even put things like in stock market and things of that nature. Like, you you get money and you just start thinking, like, I don't want to lose the money. You know what I'm saying? And it's really the mindset of making your money work for you in different ways, forms and fashions. Um, so yeah, no, nah, definitely as soon as you get it. As
0: soon as you get in, Absolutely. Now, a couple of uh, current uh, sports questions for you. What are your thoughts on the forfeits around breaking COVID protocols within the NFL?
1: Man, the NFL is so money hungry uh, that you know it's a uh, it's probably one of the greatest businesses <laughs>
0: <It definitely laughs> that,
1: that, that, that Black American men are are the product of. uh But essentially, like you know, I've been trying to find some. So I've, I've kind of wanted to play the, the idea of like, you know, why do you think you need to play in this space? You know what I'm saying? Like, is this a is this a season that's worth you playing in? But essentially, like, they're not gonna stop, you know what I'm saying? They're not gonna they're gonna figure a way to get all the way to the Super Bowl, regardless of uh, people's health. Um if, if people end up dying or close to in the NFL players or around the NFL. Um, uh, it's ultimately about fulfilling contracts that are paying them billions of dollars. That's that's the bottom line for it.
0: Absolutely. And I think I think that it's kind of the NBA's fault. Uh, the NBA has put together this bubble that just seems so effortless, effortlessly, um, effortless of my apologies. Um, they've been going since July and not one case, not one um,
1: I the NBA. I respect the NBA because they actually did it. With the transparency, with a, with a, like, I feel like the NFL put theirs together like, we not go like like with no care as far as with 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 athlete health. At they That's have
0: more money. The NFL is the biggest league. I think one of the biggest leagues in North America. Yeah. And you have more money. You, yours should be better than the NBA. They should could they should have went somewhere created their own field and built yeah. their own. Las Vegas. They could Could've have said
1: that. That would have been great. You know, you should probably be in the Mies. They need to talk to Roger Goodell about <laughs> But essentially, like, you know, traveling, they did everything that you're not supposed to do, right, and, and are hoping for the best in this outcome. Um, yeah. And it's going to get worse. It's, this is just the tip of the iceberg for what they got. They got to go all the way through the winter. Um, uh,
0: and and it's, yeah, up. 100%. 100%. Oh, man. All right. Well, Good luck to them. Well, hopefully the, the, the PA, you know, obviously you're still connected with the PA. What is, what is the NFLPA currently uh, doing for its players to, you know, keep them engaged and involved in, in things?
1: Uh, yeah, I have a lot of respect for the NFLPA and everything they're doing. Um, you know, I got my master's degree through the NFLPA. I've spoken in a couple of meetings and things of that nature. As far as, um, you know, uh, them working on externships and internships for current players in the NFL. And they do a whole lot of virtual series at the moment for COVID. 19. So a lot of respect for the NFLPA and what they're trying to do for their um, their current uh, athletes. I always think you can be better, but them trying to figure out a way to push things uh, or understand the issues of transitioning out of sports and, and understanding the, the value or the need of investing your money correctly and not losing your money. We're trying to get rid of those stories of I made 100 million and now, now I'm, now I'm uh, bankrupt. We're trying to get rid of those stories, right? We've heard them enough. And now we're trying to, you know, they're trying to figure out a way to make everybody successful that hits the NFL. And I respect that goal and that vision. I think it's a, it's not, it's not where it needs to be yet, but to know that it's an issue is the is the first part.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think for, for a professional athlete, that relationship, that resource guide is is absolutely huge. It's like a it's like a a tech startup in a in an incubator. Mm-hmm. Right they they're going to provide you with resources but it's really up to you to use them. Yeah. Why do you why do you why do you in in your opinion Chase? Why do you feel that cuz in my experience some of the athletes, you know, that I've seen have don't really care for the PA. Like they almost find them annoying. Why do you find that to be the case?
1: Um you know, when you're there it's not your focus is almost like blinders speaking of my kentucky derby my kentucky reference the kentucky derby you see the high horses with the blinders on right it's yeah. like this. like when when i know i'm about to make you know half a million dollars a million plus dollars whatever you want to say um a hundred thousand dollars two hundred thousand dollars practice squad guys whatever you want to call it more money than i could possibly make doing anything else at the moment you know what i'm saying you're not even want you don't even want somebody to take your path off of me, uh, missing that opportunity you right. know what I'm so that's pretty much the issue It's just like this it's not it's not helping me at the moment so essentially uh you know it's not it's not it's not moving the meter for me right now even though you know I'm 22 and this can pay off at 25, 26. You know what right. I'm saying? It's that long term investment um that we're not that we're missing at the beginning and understanding long-term investment and understanding that you know if you put a thousand dollars in a Tesla in 2007, what that looks like now, you know what I'm saying? Those types of situations um, and understanding that type of, I, th- I think that's what a learning curve is too, is a, is a large learning curve is understanding like, these people, most people are not having this type of money. You're just out of college. You're just like, you're just trying to floss, trying to flex. You know what I'm saying? And, and you're not trying to do anything that's gonna hinder that uh, opportunity to be able to provide. Um, even if it's not really hindering you, it just has the feel that it's hindering you.
0: Right. 100% 150%. I think um, it also comes with maturity and growth. Um, I think the other thing that that attributes to it is, you know, the team around you, right? Um, every great entrepreneur knows that if, if you're working on something big, or you're working on something very good, you can't do it yourself. Talk about the, the team around Chase and, and what that looks like, you know, from a from a personal to a, a a business team around you what does that look like for you Chase um
1: I keep people around me that challenge me I don't, I don't keep people around me that, um that that agree to anything I say um uh, so usually the people that are around me are usually the hardest people to keep around me and I argue a lot with a lot of my my top <laughs> my top executives for both of our companies you you'll see us getting into huge large just like it was football field or anything else like that like and there's been times where their wives would be like, was that Chase? And, I, and they were like, yeah. And But we, we know, like, in that environment, like, a lot of them are my te- former teammates as well. Like, we've been in a position where, you know, we'll scream, raise our voice, and, and do anything. We know anybody ain't, go, ain't nobody going to get hurt in that space. And we can come back next, next day, next hour, and be cool with each other. Like, we still got the same common goal. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's been a little bit different on the tech side because a lot of them are sports or athletes. Um, but essentially, I if, if I let them know if I'm like, listen, I'm going to lead and I'm going to lead in the way I understand how to lead. Um, but I want you to challenge me just like I'm going to challenge you because we ultimately got the same goal, the same goal in mind. So that's really the team around me is like I keep people around me that are going to question me or that are going to help me strive to be better. Um, not just in business, but physically, spiritually, mentally, um, all together. If you see me falling short and you don't call it out, I can't keep you around you. I can't keep you around.
0: Hundred percent. Do you think the the uh, well, I guess how how important is it for you to to build like a a business team? So do you have a a business mentor? Do you have a, an investment advisor? Um, obviously, you have a financial advisor. Um, your legal team. You know how big is your legal team? Do you just have a lawyer? Do you have an M and A lawyer? Do you have a uh, IP and licensing lawyer? Like- yeah. What kind of team have you built around you as you've built these different assets?
1: Um, so my, my situation is a little different just because my mom's a lawyer. She handles a lot of my legals. Um, my dad is a, a successful businessman, successful entrepreneur in the Lexington city. So he's kind of like a mentor space for me. Um, and I run all my decisions and all my endeavors off him per first. I might not take them all, but I know he's going to give me a, a concept and a and a, uh, and a uh, his opinion in a space of, my best interest, you know what I'm saying? Not necessarily his best interest. Um, So essentially I keep those people around me. Um, As far as building a team outside of that, you know, I have a lot of, I have a board of directors uh, for my tech company. Uh, A lot of them are investors in the company, Um, but usually I'm looking for strategic partners to be honest with you, Uh, strategic partners in my my team members, uh, people that can help us get this boat moving faster um, is the main goal. So ultimately I wanna see your value add if you're gonna be a part of the team first and foremost, before we even get to the part of seeing if you can, if you can withstand the high waters. <laughs> <laughs> Cause they get hot. <laughs> they get yeah. hot. My, yeah.
0: my team will tell you the same thing. Hey, where is it?
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's been uh, pretty difficult now that you know everything is virtual. Um, how is it for you managing, you know, these teams when you can't necessarily be together all the time?
1: Well, we've actually been virtual since the beginning. My all, my all my companies have always been virtual, uh, and I don't know if that's because I'm a, a young millennial or whatever you want to call it. But I, uh, for there was a time being before I started my companies that I worked in the office, and I hated it. I could not stand working in the office, uh, showing up at seven, showing up at eight, and work. I didn't even take a lunch. That's how much I hated it. Like I went eight hours straight, straight through that joint, uh, and, and left as soon as I could leave. But ultimately, like I think that I base my I base people's jobs, not off hours, but off productivity. So we do weekly accountability meetings on Friday with the team. And it's just like you going up in front of the class and presenting your your uh, presentation, right? You don't go up there to present in front of the class with a, with a bad presentation ever. You know what I'm saying? So every Friday, they know they got to present what they got to do. So I'm not no helicopter monitor or anything like that. Like we'll put together at the beginning of the week. What we need to be accomplishing, what you need to be accomplishing, and then we'll 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 talk about it on Fridays and you'll let us know what you brought back to the table. Um so essentially we've been remote Zoom way before Zoom stock soared.
0: <laughs> did you did you put in?
1: I should have, but I did it. Ah,
0: everyone said the same thing. Yeah, I was looking at it, I wasn't sure because when Zoom came out, everyone's like, Isn't this Skype?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I was thinking the same thing, how Skype. We were just talking about this the other day. How did Skype let Zoom take off on them like that? Literally, <laughs> they did what you did. Yeah, exactly.
0: I've actually figured out something on Zoom. I, I call it Zetflix. So you know, me and my lady, if we're not together, really? I'll open Netflix. We'll go. We'll both go on Zoom. I'll share the screen, and we watch a movie together. We'll watch
1: a movie. Literally. Does she, does she stay she stay. Then y'all both stay up though during the movie. That's the thing.
0: Oh, no, I knock out. I always <laughs> fall
1: asleep. Um, check yeah. my
0: feet. Randy get up oh sorry sorry
1: My bad. <laughs> yeah that's how I usually oh. go.
0: now Chase uh what do you think of the fact that ideas are seeing the light of the day a lot quicker because of the pandemic
1: I mean sure. um I mean I got a couple more concepts coming out I, I got a couple ideas that's about to be released because of the pandemic as well I've been in the shed working on a couple of things um it's been a time to you know, when your back goes against, so my company, first of all, my helping hands company is a service company. Easy turn is a tech company. Um, so helping hands is a service company where we provide, you know, physical labor for our physical service labor for different companies. Um, so we actually took a hit, you know what I'm saying? We was doing, you know, large numbers monthly and, you know, went down as soon as COVID hit. And, you know, as soon as that went down, like that was a lot of things that paying for lifestyles and people's bills and things of that nature. Right. And, um, you know, what I, what I felt like was that back against the wall, uh, feeling like, you know, you got to find a way to make it work. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what you sign up for, right? You sign up for when things get tough you are going to find a way to win. Uh, that's what you wanted. Uh, Absolutely. so it's, it's, essentially that's what I, what I, what I reverted back to. And we actually did the most revenue we ever did in August in a month. Um, wow. because we just re I just you know, buckled back down and, and, and focused it on sales, um, and found the niche that we could, uh, that we could uh, penetrate real quick. Um, so ultimately, like I just feel like the pandemic has allowed for people, real people that are like back against the wall, people, they're gonna come out strong. That's all I know for a fact about the pandemic.
0: Absolutely. Wow. There's there's you know, this wow, you hit it right on the head. And I, I want to reference this article, uh, how entrepreneurship is being democratized. The 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 entrepreneurs that we knew, there's a new, there's a new way. There's a new there's a new group that are yeah. taking you know small ideas and even making them more finite and more specific and giving people more answers to their problems, um, which I think is absolutely crazy. And I think one of the biggest things in entrepreneurship, especially during this time, if you're a small business as opposed to you know a, a big business, I read that it's it's like driving on the on the highway, right? And big uh, a big Microsoft, for example, we'll just use Microsoft or Walmart, you're a big 18 wheeler um, truck on the highway. And, you know, if you're a startup, you're in a, in a mini coupe or a Toyota Camry and you know, the road is perfectly paved and they'll go a lot further than you will just because they're a lot bigger. But now you add in something like a pandemic, which would be like potholes,
1: right?
0: Yeah. Trucks can't dodge those. Yeah. Yeah but the, the Priuses and the and the Camrys can. Yeah. Um, so right. yeah, for all my entrepreneurs listening today, please, you know, if you've got an idea that, you know, if you've you came up with the idea and 20 people are are using it and you're charging people $5, you have a market.
1: Yeah. For sure. <laughs> go and
0: grow that business, right? Go and go and test, go and see if you can get that $5 charge a lot cheaper. Um, go in like there's so much that we can do and I'm in the belief that you know there's an entrepreneur in everybody right mm. and entrepreneurship is scary I'm sure Chase there's days where you're just like why did I do this why did I start this right. this, is, this is I'm over my head and then you're like nah man this is this is where I'm supposed to be let's get it, right um which I absolutely love about entrepreneurship now uh I wanted to talk to you about your your three businesses uh, group buy, uh, easy turn, and helping hand. Uh, we have here Group buy is you know, your most recent endeavor and it's group buying of PPEs.
1: Yeah, it was actually a, um, a hackathon thing. So, Forbes 3030 community, they like, you know what I'm saying? They, they got us together and they, we didn't get to do the Forbes 30, under 30 summit this year. So, the actual city of Detroit asked us to fix some problems that they were currently facing. Um, and what I liked about that was the fact of like, you know, in my day-to-day space, like everybody reports to me, talks to me. I make the final decisions on things. Right. Uh, and when I get with the Forbes 30 and 30 community and we work on projects together, and it's usually like a weekend thing, like hackathon, we put together a whole business in a a few hours. Right. Um, and then we present it to the city and then they decided they want to take it or not. So group by was actually pretty well received by the city. Um, but essentially like in that space, I like being the listener, not the not the not the the last talker. You know what I'm saying? So um, I love when we can get in those spaces with these creatives and everybody that's working in different spaces and solve problems of the world. So Group Buy was a uh, definitely a huge uh, a huge accomplishment for us, for sure.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and that's beautiful, man. Taking uh, solutions and turning turning them into 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 business. I watch Shark Tank a lot, and my thing that I really enjoy about Shark Tank is just the concept of how people turn ideas into money. Right, so you come hi, sharks. My name is Randy Jose of uh, ATG, and I'm selling five percent of my company for ten thousand dollars. And the first thing they ask is, "What are your sales?" Yeah, always ask, "What are your sales?" Right, mm-hmm. and I feel this is where entrepreneurs struggle mightily. Is yo, I have this sick idea. It's going to do. Okay. Okay. Great. All right. I can see you put together a little deck and marketing plan and okay. Have you, have you sold it? No, but (laughs) (laughs) entrepreneurs, it's important that we prove business, right? Investors, people only look at things from a angle of is it making money already, and how much money do I have to put in for it to make more money? That's how all investors. That's all they look at. That's it. That's it.
1: Don't matter what it is. It could be a gym. It could be a. Uh,
0: it could be a hat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, could, it could
0: be this vase. If yeah. I'm making, you can't even see it. But if I'm making a hundred of these, and I'm making a hundred k on these, and I go to an investor and say, "Hey, I need three hundred thousand dollars so I could make." Fifty thousand of those losses, I'll make you back your money in three years. And yeah. an investor is going to tell you no.
1: Nah, yeah, not at all. No.
0: But you gotta prove business.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and great, I love. I, I just love those stories. My brain just starts going, and I start thinking about. Okay, he probably did this. Cut this margin down and jump in and around. Talk to us about uh, Easy Turn. You know, it's a really quickly for our viewers. It's a vendor management platform for student housing. And you guys did thirty clients in your first year. Talk yeah,
1: over a million dollars, over a million dollars in invoices right out the gate. So we launched Ooh. in June 2018. Wow. Uh, and we were targeting colleges and student housing. And like I said, I started my first company in 2015, which is a traditional company, Helping Hands. Um, and I jumped into this tech space because of the experience I was having with Helping Hands. So just to give you guys a quick little background, on both because they're kind of intertwined, but they're different entities. Um, Helping Hands provides the turn services for student housing and colleges. So Whenever, whenever school ends, the summer happens and they got to get all the dorms and the apartments back ready to, for the students to come back. We did all that work from cleaning, painting, maintenance, et cetera. We put the people in the spaces to do that. Um, what I noticed while doing it was that everybody's running around with, like chickens with their heads cut off, passing around papers. because you got to understand this is a this is a large, un, uh, like not like a, a traditional job, right? You right. got to like on a university side, you got to do like you know, six thousand beds, three thousand units in two and a half months, um, and you know, twelve buildings. People usually do that over a couple of years um, for cleaning and painting and stuff like that. So, the digital space there was there was no digital technology to help me, and I'm being a younger contractor, and I'm like, you know, I don't use no paper. Quit giving me papers. Papers just right. end up on my floor, right? Um, so essentially, like I, I start building out a out a uh, drawing out screens to build a tech company, an app that would basically allow for me to see my work schedule digitally coming from my actual client. Um, and that's essentially what Easy Turn does. It allows for apartment complexes, universities. Uh, we're actually getting into hotels and hospitals and things of that nature, but allows for them to manage their contractors, their vendors, their in-house teams digitally uh, and keep track of them uh, in real time, basically seeing what jobs are in progress, what start and stops, um, analytics, uh, all those different types of things like that. So we jumped right out the gate. Um, got clients right out the gate and that's actually what was this was the thing that got got me on the Forbes 330 list so it's been a, it's been an exciting company uh, been an exciting company we have you know with the COVID-19 situation with the colleges hitting budgets cuts and things of that nature we're looking to pivot our actual clientele that's why we're getting into some hotels uh in some different spaces like that so it's, it's been fun it's been an interesting job it's like a, it's like a science project to be wow. honest with you, in the tech space like it's like a science project it's, it's trying to add value I have this this quote from uh, Steve Jobs where he said, they don't know what they want until you show them what they want. And that's what it is like in the tech space. And, uh, yeah. so, uh, you know, yeah, it's been, it's been a fun uh, journey.
0: I just said that to someone yesterday. Don't. I literally <laughs> just said that to someone yesterday. I was working with my team on a proposal for one of, uh, one of these brand partners here in Canada. And I said, guys, I, as much as we know or they think they know what they want, we have to show them what they need you have to and then they'll be like oh we love this then you hit them with the invoice (laughs) then you hit them with the invoice right away um but congratulations on easy turn man and and, you know as you continue to to, to build that out and you want to you know move into canada give us a call you know we have with government and uh some brands and small businesses so we could definitely uh, help you out as soon as you're ready to cross the board. Well, your your company can cross the border. You can't. You know crazy,
1: you know the crazy thing about that is the fact that I told you I went to, I played for him with the Tiger Cats for like uh, a month, and uh, I got hurt up there. But essentially, like I was starting my first company while I was there, and I was trying to sell. to I don't know what college I was staying at. We were staying on some colleges. Master. Yeah, there, there it is. Yeah, we were standing on the Matthews camp and I was like, I was just looking at, I was living in the building. And I was like, man, this is, I could make some money off of this. I could, I'm about to start my, my first company in Canada. That's exactly what I was thinking.
0: No, easy turn is Canadian.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Easy
0: turn is ours. And there you go. <laughs> okay, we got we to feature it. We got to feature it. Yeah. Make sure to send us the deck. We're yeah, definitely going to. I'll send you, you the deck. Definitely got to feature it. Now, you, you, your other venture, uh, Helping Hand, LLC is a service company as uh, moving cleaning services for, for college dorms and student housing.
1: Yeah. So yeah, Helping Hands, I kind of touched on it a little bit. how we, That's how we got to Easy Turn was doing Helping Hands. But Helping Hands is a company that uh, I don't try, I don't, I'm not trying to sell it. I think it's gonna be around for 20, 30 years. It's one of those companies where you see, you see a lot of white American, you know, companies that they say established in 1863. Oh, you that's know, gonna be like those type of companies, right, where they've just been around for years. The grandson's running it now. Like that's ultimately what I'm trying to build with Helping Hands. We have some relationships with some of the biggest, you know, players and biggest businesses in the uh, Lexington, Central Kentucky area. And uh, I hope to cultivate that and, you know, build it and provide jobs. That's one of my main things about Helping Hands is providing jobs to my community. Um, we've been able to create, you know, you know 300 plus jobs a year uh, in different areas of the country. Um, not to mention that we have a regional franchise model type situation where a lot of my teammates run the same business model in their area of the country. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, pretty, it's, it's doing pretty well, man, and it's, it's helping a lot of people. That's the best thing. Bump the financials, it's helping a lot of people. Uh, we're creating jobs during the pandemic, all those different types of things like that. So that's the main thing about Helping Hands is, is giving back to the community um, in a way that allows for them to take care of their family.
0: Absolutely. Wow. This guy's a cheat code. No wonder I should have gave you Forbes 20 under 20. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, that's great. I think, I think, you know, it, it sounds like you're, you're really leveraging your knowledge and and, and multiplying it with your relationships yeah. and experience business. Uh, you're essentially a social enterprise really. And now that I think about it, you should, I think you should connect with uh, CJ McCullough. CJ owns... I believe it's like student housing near universities. Okay. Yeah. All around the U S. Um, if you could send me some information, I'd love to get that over to to CJ for him to take a look at hopefully set you guys up for a call or something. Um, now, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're we're nearing the end of our our show and I I wish we could continue because man, Chase, you're, you're, you're giving me tons of uh, thoughts and ideas and, um, things that, you know, I, I definitely want to explore. Just let this be known that we have a lot more to talk about. But um, <laughs> uh, during COVID, you know, what have the, the business and life opportunities been for you throughout the pandemic?
1: Um, it's Like I said, man, I've been working on different projects. Uh, I'm actually building, a. am putting some technology into helping hands um, to just like make it a little bit more, I want it to be usable. I don't want it to be so much of my, my, uh, social capital, but anybody could pick it up and take it over. I'm trying to get to the point where, you know, I can build it and I can run it, but can somebody else build it and they can run it? Running? You know what I'm saying? Like that type of situation. Like I feel like that's the next step of, of that company is figuring out, like, um, can we plug and play people to, to, to have the same success? Uh, that's the goal. So I'm putting some technology behind that. Um, easy turn. We're, we're kind of transitioning into some new industries, but our technology is A1. I'm excited about our technology. I think it'll be acquisitionable um, here in the next 2021, 2022, uh, 2023 at the latest. I think it'll be a, 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 an acquisition or an exit uh, pretty soon. So I'm excited about that. And then honestly, man, I'm getting into some real estate investments, um, building building some of those type of th- type of things, um, and going from there. You know, excited to give back to the community. I speak as much as I can speak, um, and just let everybody know the importance of understanding financials, um, trying to be an entrepreneur and continually to try and be an entrepreneur because ownership is key, like you said earlier. Um, and then ultimately, understanding investing.
0: Absolutely, because you're always looking for different ways to grow. Absolutely love that Chase. And uh, um, ooh, you won't be chasing for a while because I, uh, I could see exits in your future. Now, <laughs> I, we, we, I read online that you're big on believing in oneself. And and finding personal inner strength, no matter the opportunity, where does this mindset come from?
1: Um. Well, I play cornerback. Uh, so if anybody knows anything about the position of cornerback, it's a lonely position, and you're usually you're usually out there by yourself. So you have to be in a great headspace and a great mental space to even take on the challenges of a Calvin Johnson or a you know Odell Beckham Jr. or any of those people out there like that with the world watching right like it's a it's a it's a fail it's a fail and hopefully succeed position is what I call it like you're expected to fail but hopefully succeed uh, at corner so uh, I think that's where I got that mindset from is that as strong as you got the 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 best you can be physically is only as strong as you can be mentally and um, you know really focusing on understanding self-confidence self-belief and and, and doing whatever you have to do to get your head in that space. Um, one of the things I'm really big on now is just like keeping keeping pores in your life, like not keeping those people that are tipping over your glass, but keeping those pores in your life that are keeping you confident, um, keeping you keep your, sword, your sword sharp. And when you wake up, uh, the devil knowing that you're the, you're the toughest soldier he got to go against today, that type of situation.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, big Sean, Shout out Detroit. Uh, got a song, got the uh, God Got Me Working Harder Than My Demons. Uh, oh, wow. You like you heard that album?
1: I heard that joint, yeah.
0: Yeah, and Big Sean is the truth. Um, now my, my my last question to you, Chase, is um, as an entrepreneur, you know, as as a serial entrepreneur, um, what is like what is your self-care tip? Like, how do you, how does Chase take care of Chase? Because we know as entrepreneurs, it's very easy to burn out. It's yeah. very easy to get overwhelmed, stressed, anxiety. It's, it's, everything is, is riding on you. What is your self-care tip and how does Chase take care of Chase?
1: First and foremost, like if you're going to be an entrepreneur, the best benefit about being an entrepreneur is your time. So if you're not going to have time, you don't need to be an entrepreneur. Like I tell that to everybody that I convince to be entrepreneurs is basically like, now once you're there, set aside time to do things you want to do. That's the benefit of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, So essentially like, I don't, I don't, I I have a non-negotiables, non-negotiables. I'm going to golf once a week and I'm going to work out every morning before I start working um, those are my non-negotiables. Like I'm going to run, I'm going to hit the weights. I'm gonna do whatever I got to do in the morning. And then I'll start working. Um, I got into a habit before I put in these non-negotiables of as soon as I wake up, hitting my emails or hitting my, uh, you know, seeing what, seeing what business is shaking, like those types of situations, looking at Robinhood, those types of situations, right? Like, um, and it gets you in that mindset of just like going, going, going. And that's a, it's a it's one of the best qualities of entrepreneurs. They can go, 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 go. You know what I'm saying? But the ability to stop and then go again is extremely important for your mental health. So, those are kind of the things that, you know, I've been working on is having some non negotiables like physical health. If I'm overweight, if I don't feel good, then I can't be my best. Right. So, I have not, I have a non negotiable of of working out at the beginning before I start work. I don't care if I have calls or anything. Right. Like, they know until I get done with my, my morning workout, then I will get to everything else for the rest of the day. And then obviously golf is a hobby of mine that uh, I, I'm trying to take serious.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was trying to work on my golf swing this summer. It didn't go so well. I'll try again next summer. But um, no, you guys heard it here first, man. Um, being able to go and stop and go again is, is, is crucial for your success, is crucial for, you know, your productivity. It's crucial for Uh, the growth of whatever it is that you're growing. Um, Chase Minifield, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on the Athlete Tech Group's Unplugged podcast. Um, It was a pleasure chatting with you today and, and, and catching up and learning about, you know, your journey and how you view the world and business and your mindset and just being able to find creative new ways and getting other people involved. Right. They, they, we're always hearing this term, group economics.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But group economics, there's, there's, there's more that we could do with more as opposed to less. So absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us again, Chase. We'll definitely chat soon.
1: Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it. look forward to keeping the conversations going with you.
0: Absolutely.